Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni, and this is Chasing Kangaroos, episode 18. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Hello listeners and welcome to a late episode of Chasing Kangaroos. That's right, I'm recording two days later than usual, so my apologies if uh, you like to listen on your Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning, depending on what part of the world you're from. I do like to keep things consistent, but this week it was just too difficult. Myself, Charlie and Jake, we had some conflicting scheduling issues, a couple of personal issues, just a whole lot happening this week. Uh, But we got to Thursday night here in Sydney town, and I thought, you know what, there's plenty to talk about. I don't want to miss a week, uh, so I'm flying solo. That's right, it's just me and you, and we're going to talk International Rugby League tonight. Uh, I'm going to get Jake on for a bonus segment later on as well. We'll get him on the phone to chat about that. So that's right, I said bonus segment. Normally, as you know, we've got three topics that we discuss, plus our golden points. Tonight, we're going to go four, just to say, sorry that we're late. And those topics are, number one, Women's Rugby League. That's right, there's been plenty of news on both sides of the world, so I want to talk a little bit about that with you guys. Uh, Topic number two, the Pacific Invitational in Leichhardt, everything that I know. Topic number three, there's been actually a couple of surprise international matchups that have been announced for 2019, so going to go through that with you guys. And topic number four, the bonus topic with Jake, uh, we're going to actually debate the best possible non-Australian New Zealand NRL team. Uh, that's actually a good one. We challenged Jake last week uh, to come up with his, with his side. He showed me the side. I didn't quite agree with it, so we're going to talk about that. It's quite interesting. Of course, we're going to have golden points, as per usual, this week as well. So without for, uh, further ado, let's get stuck in. But when we talk hashtag grow the game, there's no area of the game growing faster than women's rugby league. So there's been some massive headlines on both sides of the world this week. And look, I'm going to begin with with the Women's Super League. So the third Women's Super League was launched last weekend in the UK. Kicks off this Saturday English time, April 6, uh, and the feature match will see defending champions Wigan play local rivals St Helens. Uh, the comp increases from seven teams to eight this year. Uh, we're looking at Wigan, St Helens, obviously, as well. We've got the Leeds Rhinos, York City Knights, Castleford Tigers, Bradford Bulls, Featherston Rovers, Wakefield Trinity. They're the new team. So great to see. It's going to be played over 14 rounds, home and away. How perfect is that? Everyone plays each other once home and away. Wish we had that in the NRL. There'll be a four-team finals, and uh, the grand final we played at Headingley on October 13. Uh, look, I think the team to beat this year is going to be Leeds, Leeds Rhinos. I know Wigan are the defending champions, but Leeds, they won the Challenge Cup last year. There's actually quite a few um, teams in the in the lower divisions in the championship and League One from Leeds as well. Uh, plenty of women's rugby league happening there, so really a hot hotbed for women's rugby league. So Leeds Rhinos, my early prediction to take out the comp. But look, that might change a few weeks down the track once I've seen a few games. So so that's awesome. Some some enormous growth, especially at the top level, in the last three years for the women's super league. So we saw four teams in the inaugural year in 2017. That expanded to seven last year, and now of course eight this year. Uh, the RFL have announced that. 
their campaign for 21,000 female players by 2020 across all divisions, amateur and junior levels. Uh, fantastic growth and really good to see the, the women kicking goals over there as well and a lot of the clubs really getting behind uh, women's rugby league. Fantastic. It actually got me thinking about the NRLW. Uh, they've stuck with four teams this year. So it was just interesting to see the contrast between Super League growing every year, but the NRLW sort of staying the same in their second year. So we'll get to that in a sec. Um, we will cross over to NRL. So uh, this week we saw some reports uh, surfacing uh, that the New Zealand Warriors, they actually claim that it may be unsustainable for them to continue to field an NRLW team because of the costs involved. So we're talking 250k and upwards for over that four-week period. So might not sound like a lot, uh, but probably, you know, the clubs do struggle financially as it is. So it is an extra burden on them. But look, for me, I think this is a bit of a play for more funding from, from the NRL that the clubs are trying trying to get for this. Um, it seems a little bit short-sighted for mine because I think there's huge opportunities to grow the game, grow the fan base for one, uh, to all the, the young girls and, and ladies and women out there who could be supporting uh, this competition, uh, but also a lot of potential new interest from corporate sponsors who previously wouldn't even look at rugby league. So there's all these opportunities. I actually think if all of these uh, all of these new opportunities can be realised, that the NRLW could be self-sufficient uh, in in a couple of years' time. Uh, we saw the AFLW Grand Final in Adelaide earlier this week. There's 53,000 fans watching a women's AFL match. Uh, now, I know the tickets were given away for free, but still, that's absolutely crazy. Um, so, I, look, I'm not suggesting we're going to get crowds like that. I'm not even suggesting we're going to give tickets away for free. I mean, they got 10000 at the Women's State of Origin game at North Sydney Oval last year, uh, made a bit of money there on tickets, and also over a million people watched it on TV. But that just goes to show you the potential audience, the potential corporate dollars, and how big the Women's Rugby League can be. Uh, in other news in the NRL, so the top 19 players were awarded central funding uh, contracts from the NRL, which uh, at first I thought was fantastic. Uh, I then later found out that this is down from 40, so I didn't realise they had 40 last year, down to 19 this year. What that means is they get a greater share of a $750,000 um, pie, uh, from the NRL, so that'll be shared amongst 19 players. Uh, that includes Sam Bremner, so the Dragons fullback and Jill LaRue's captain. Now, she's pregnant, so she won't be playing, probably won't be playing in this year's NRLW, but there is talk that she could come back uh, for the Nines and return to play for Australia. So, uh, although she's not playing in the NRLW, wouldn't that be incredible, an incredible PR story for the super mum Sam Brebner coming back and, and playing for Australia and representing Australia in the Nines World Cup? That'll be fantastic. So, obviously, when we're talking about that central funding, it's not just about uh, the uh, actually playing games. It's also about opportunities to train, opportunities within the media to get out there to help grow the game and all, and all that sort of thing, which uh, I think Sam is going to be fantastic uh, at that. Um, the top 19 excludes uh, big names like Ruan Sims. Look, I think that's probably more because she has a huge media role and media presence on Channel 9 now, so they probably want to be sharing that money around with some of the other women uh, who you know are giving up time 
for, in their real jobs uh, to play NRLW. So I guess this is the sort of thing that's going to be happening until we can get to a point where it's more full-time professional contracts uh, for the ladies. But look, like I said earlier, I think we can get there soon. But I, I kind of touched on this before. So big difference between the NRLW and the Women's Super League in terms of how quickly their competitions are growing. So on one side, we've got clubs expanding at a rapid rate. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years' time they didn't have all of the Super League men's clubs are represented in the Women's Super League as well. Meanwhile, in the NRL, there's still four clubs, as there was last year, and you've got clubs complaining that it costs too much money uh, to actually have a women's side. I actually think they both are right in some ways. So for the Super League, it's all about exposure. It's all about players. You've seen that they're trying to get uh, 21,000 females playing the game uh, by 2021 across all levels. So for them, it's about participation and, and what a huge story that would be. They really want to be the big, one of the biggest women's sports over there. For the NRL, it's a little bit different. The, the NRLW, I believe, forms a bigger piece of the puzzle. The NRL is trying to create assets that they can later sell, perhaps in pieces or perhaps in one big package at their next uh, TV rights or media rights deal. So you're talking NRL, you're talking NRLW, you're talking finals series, you're talking state of origin, you're talking internationals, you're potentially talking nines as well. So for the NRL, it's all part of a, of a bigger picture. Um, look, it's going to be interesting to see how both competitions go on these two different uh, uh, trajectories. Try saying that fast three times. But um, look, I think Look, like I said, I think they've actually both got it right. So, look, hopefully the NRL can start adding teams, uh, but I think they've got to make sure that the money's there, that the women are uh, able to be paid well enough to maybe start thinking about leaving their real jobs uh, because, after all, this is a professional sport and uh, they deserve it. So, guys, that's uh, <laughs> that's the Women's Rugby League chat for today. Sorry, I had to try and squeeze all of it in one. There was just so much to talk about had to squeeze it all in one topic but we're going to be talking about it more and more throughout the year and uh look looking forward to the women's super league kicking off this weekend as well topic number two and leichardt oval will host the 2019 pacific invitational it's going to be on saturday 22nd of june so that's going to be that rep weekend when the nrl clubs have a rest for state of origin two amongst other games uh, the blockbuster triple header includes matches between the PNG Orchards and the Fiji women's side. We're going to see the Fiji Bardi side take on the Lebanon Cedars. And in the Oceania Cup B match, we're going to see Toa Samoa versus the PNG Kumuls. It's going to be an awesome day out at Leichhardt Oval. Now, over the last couple of years, uh, the Invitational was held at Campbelltown Stadium in southwestern Sydney. And a lot of people are questioning the move, having this move to, to Leichhardt Oval. Of course, Campbelltown, uh, southwestern Sydney in particular, quite a heavy uh, Polynesian and Islander population out there. Uh, but look, the move to Leichhardt Oval, I think it's going to be a good one. I'm not just saying that because I'm about 10 minutes away and I'm going to be able to get to the ground easily, but um, there's, it's just pl plenty of history at this ground. I know it's a little bit older, but it's it's a great place to watch rugby league from. You're really close to the action. It's got that old school vibe. I think it's going to be a sellout or close to, uh, so really recommend if, if you're thinking about getting out there, get out there. Origin 2 that weekend I think is going to be in Perth, I might be wrong, uh, but there's not going to be much happening rugby league-wise in Sydney that weekend, 
at the highest levels. So this would be a great one. And, and Leichhardt, very central to a lot of areas in, in Sydney as well. Hopefully easy to get to. Guys, no Cook Islands. Uh, so... Uh, Cook Islands were originally named to play Fiji Bardi in that second game. But of course, we mentioned a few weeks ago, they came out and said that they will not be taking part. They've actually uh, rather focused on their match against South Africa, which will be a qualifier uh, to face USA Hawks for the World Cup spot, or the last World Cup spot later this year. Not sure if Cook Islands will be... Um, We'll be playing that weekend. We haven't heard anything, but maybe we can expect to hear something soon. Uh, we'll see if Cook Islands will be playing South Africa, assuming that'll be happening in Australia as well, just because um, it's probably a little bit easier for some of the heritage players. Uh, and, and, of course, Lebanon got the call up to take their place. Uh, I think this is fantastic. Kind of came a little bit out of the blue, but we're going to see some good players in this Lebanon side. So assuming we're going to see guys like Mitchell Moses, Robbie Farah, Tim Manor, Alex Twall, there's going to be some good players there. And uh, Lebanon, they really showed us what they could do at the World Cup. This is going to be the first time that we're seeing in, seeing them in action since then. Um, so, yeah, and I think they could give it a real shake. So it could be a good match, Fiji-Lebanon. It's going to be one to be excited about. But that, that Oceania Cup B match is going to be fantastic. Uh, I've never seen the Kumuls play live. Actually, I haven't seen any of these sides play live before. So I'm really excited to get out there. Uh, I'm not game enough to make any tips yet. I think it's too early to call. But maybe when I've got Jake on with me, the master tipster, uh, in a, uh, closer to this event, We'll, we'll make some tips and we'll let you know who we think is going to win. Guys, if you're keen to get out there, tickets are available online at the Ticketek website. They're from as little as 5 bucks, so you can get on the hill for $5. Uh, you can get in, in the grandstand for $20, cheap as... So if you're a fan of International Rugby League and you're from Sydney, you really got to get out to this one. The atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, can't wait to get there. Hopefully I'll see a few of you guys there as well. <music> A few surprise matches were added to our 2019 International Rugby League calendar, and I had no idea they were coming, but of course I'm pumped. Uh, can't wait to watch to watch these ones. So the first one is Jamaica. They're going to be hosting the USA in Kingston on June 22nd, so on that rep weekend. It's going to be a great chance for the USA Hawks to try and get revenge after their loss to Jamaica in last year's America's Cup in that World Cup qualifier, which shocked a few of us, uh, I think Jake tipped the, the Jamaican side, but Charlie and I tipped USA. I'll have to go back to episode two or three of Chasing Kangaroos and listen to see how that one went down. But uh, shocked me, that's for sure. Um, it's going to be awesome to see. I'm glad this one has been announced. Um, a couple of pros and cons, though, now that I do think about it. So I want to talk to you a little bit about those. Uh, the cons for me, uh, firstly, uh, the sides are unlikely to be full strength. So I have read that the there won't be any heritage players uh, involved in this one, which which could actually be a blessing in disguise. Will be good to see where these guys stand against each other domestically, and it will give some some of the domestic other domestic guys that aren't usually uh, in and about that side a chance to perform and really be involved at that level. So that could actually be a good thing, especially for the likes of Jamaica who are getting ready for their World Cup, and hopefully USA as they look to qualify later this year as well. On the other side of things as well, so. We're actually going to see, uh, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the America's Nines in May in Toronto. Uh, so a, f a, a few of these USA guys, uh, they're going to be traveling to Canada uh, on their own dime uh, to play this in this Nines tournament. Then they'll be 
across to Jamaica a month later uh, on their own dime. Of course, the, the the domestic players, it's an amateur sport over there, so they really got to put the funds together themselves and try and get there. I hope this doesn't mean we're not going to see uh, a depleted d- domestic USA side going over there. Uh, not too sure what the plans are for the USARL, but I guess we'll know more when the sides are named uh, and we'll see what's happening in, in the next few months. But look, either way, in terms of the pros... This is a game in Jamaica, so I think that's absolutely massive. Uh, If you recall back to one of our early podcasts as well, when we were talking about Jamaica qualifying for the World Cup, I said that one of the big things that needs to happen in 2019 is Jamaica need to play an international match in Jamaica, and that's happening, so I think that's fantastic. Fun fact, uh, the last seven matches between these two nations have been played in the United States, so good to see Jamaica getting a home game. Uh, Hopefully the fans and the locals can really get behind it, and what a boost for Rugby League in Jamaica this will be. If, we, if the locals can defeat the mighty United States of America in the lead-up to the Caribbean Nation's first World Cup, I think it's going to be fantastic either way, no matter which players turn out for both sides. Uh, this is the beginning of Rugby League in Jamaica. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, people are going to be talking about it for a long, long time. So fantastic work. Uh, the other one that was announced was Poland. Uh, they announced that they're taking a tour to the Philippines in October. So that's going to be two matches And these two sides last met in the Emerging Nations World Cup trophy final, where Poland shocked everyone, and they won this close encounter 14-10. So a little bit of a rivalry there, and the Philippines looking to extract revenge in this one. So we're expecting more domestic players on both sides this time around. And uh, of course, uh, when it comes to funding, these guys are all amateurs. So Poland have a GoFundMe page uh, to try and help get the boys over there later this year. If you'd like to donate, look, we'll share the link in our show notes and I'll share it on our social media channels as well. It's going to be great to help uh, Coach Lee Addison get his side over to the Philippines. And if uh, you haven't listened to my interview with Lee uh, about Polish Rugby League, I think it's episode 10. could be 10 or 11. I'll have to go and double check that. But if you haven't heard that already, please go back, check that one out, Lee Addison. Great guy. Um, Well, those are the surprise internationals for this year. There's just so much International Rugby League going on. I'm excited. And that weekend of June 22nd, it's going to be huge. I'm probably going to have to record a podcast every day just to talk about all the matches that are happening that weekend. But let's see what happens. Uh, Guys, time for the bonus topic. And that means I need to give Jake Watson a buzz. Jake Watson, nice of you to join me, mate. How are you, mate? <laughs> Pretty good, mate. Well, kind of good. I'm I'm sitting in the car, like the olden days, uh, talking to myself for three probably topics. Not as, so. <laughs> probably not as hot in there by yourself. That's pretty pretty steamy, mate. So I turn the turn the steam up, that's for sure. But uh, like, yeah, I felt like I'm talking to myself. But you know, I'm glad I've got you on the phone, man. So this is actually the first time we've done this on the phone. We're usually in person together, but man, I know you're a busy man. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on for this topic so that I don't feel like a, a lunatic talking to myself. Um, you don't need us anymore anyway, mate. You carry us. Mate, I definitely need you guys. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, look, I wouldn't say that, but I was going to make a joke there, but I couldn't think of anything because <laughs> I've been talking to myself for twenty half an hour to an hour. But, um, mate, last week, Charlie and I challenged you to select the best NRL team made up of non-Australian and New Zealand players. So you've done your homework, mate, this week, despite being busy. 
Uh, and you, you actually sent me your selections a couple of days ago. Yep. And, uh, mate, I've got to tell you, I disagree with most of your selections. Yeah, I could tell. You weren't too excited <laughs> when I sent through the list. <laughs> well, I just thought it could be a better side. And uh, so I've selected my team as well. Well, and, I'm curious uh, to see who you've picked. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that. Let's go at one to seventeen, and and we'll go back and forth. Yeah, mate. Uh, the the only rules to to those listening are they must be current NRL players, obviously. Yep. Um, obviously, no Australian or New Zealand players. Now, heritage players are okay as long as it's as long as they're an unrealistic chance of playing for Australia, New Zealand. So, if you're picking a heritage player, you're basically saying. There's no way this guy's going to be playing for yeah. Australia. So what, what I've whatever. tried to do anyway is if they last played for Australia, I've kind of left them out. Okay. So that's that's how I tried to work it. If their last game was for Australia, I've left them out. Well, look, it is a good side that you picked. I just think mine's better. Why don't you kick <laughs> us off? Who's Who have you got at fullback? All right. I've picked Anthony Milford from Samoa at fullback because I think he's a natural-born fullback. I think that suits him better than the halves. Yep. Yep. So typically plays... 5-8 for, for the Broncos, but you've got him at fullback. I kind of agree. I think he's a better fullback as well. Not a bad pick, uh, that one there. My my fullback's actually not normally a fullback as well. He doesn't play fullback for his club on the weekends, which is the Cowboys, uh, but he does play fullback for his nation, which is Papua New Guinea. I've got Nene McDonald at fullback. Yeah, uh, I had a feeling you'd definitely have him in there somewhere. I didn't think fullback, but I knew uh, when I came across his name on research, I knew you'd have him in there somewhere. I wanted him on the wing, but when you hear who my wingers are, you're going to understand why I put him at fullback. So, mate, I, I don't know. I reckon... What do you reckon? No, I don't know. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> All right, who, who have you got? So, on the wings, I've gone with Vunavalu from Fiji and Daniel Tupo in Tonga. Yep. And my reasoning behind that is I don't think you can get two better wingers in the air in the game. I think that's including Australian players. I don't think there's anyone better in the air. I will say that if you're you're a half or a five eight kicking to the corners, those are the blokes that you want to be kicking to. I've gone with well, he was one of the first players that I put that I picked. Um, yeah, I, I think he's party. probably definitely one of the best wing. And uh, my other winger is Otto Tongan, but it's not Daniel Tupu. I've got David Fusatua. Yes, uh, I, I think he's been one of the form wingers of the game. Um, and I think he probably got the edge over a guy like Tupu at the moment. Tupu's probably seen his best days. I think Fusatua is still at the peak of his powers. So I've gone Vunavalu and Fusatua. We'll call that one a draw then because if I'm honest with you, I had Fusatua penciled in and I've changed last minute to Tupu. Sure, Jake. <laughs> we'll call it a draw. We'll call it a draw. <laughs> Mate, who have you Saying so the centres, I've gone with John Bateman from England, who normally plays in the second row Bateman for his team in Canberra. But yeah. I think I think defensively he'd be very strong in the centres. And the other centre has he played centres before? He has, he has. He played okay. back in his old, old club in Super League. He was a centre. And I've heard and interesting. I've heard the commentators refer to him a few times as a, possibly being a centre in the NRL if something was to go wrong for the Raiders. Okay, interesting. more of a defensive option. And on in the other centre, I've gone Dragons, Tim Lafoy. You got I reckon really you got a bit of bias there. <laughs> I reckon you're biased, but uh, Tim Lafoy, not bad. It's actually interesting. You've got a real attacking centre there in Lafoy. Lots passing the ball, getting the slip passes out, and a defensive centre in Bateman. I've gone to completely different centres. Hopawade. Uh, the, the Tongan as one center. I had him at fullback. Yeah, I had him at fullback originally, but when I realised I fit McDonald in the wing, 
quickly. Now, my other centre is probably going to shock you a little bit. NRL, yeah, he will be first game in the NRL this week. But uh, we first questions for Malta. Ah, uh, he's got big he's a gun. Yeah, massive wraps. I think I'm pumping him massive reputation and he'll be in this world. Bronson yeah, Sherry. I can't disagree with you there. He's, he's very talented. I'm keen to see him play this weekend. Yeah, I think he's going to do well. And I'll talk about him a little bit more in the golden points later on, Jake. Uh, so listen up to that one, mate. Mate, who have you got in the halves? Who's your 5'8"? Who's your who's your, your halfback? So in the halves, I've gone with Gareth Widdop from England. I know he's playing fullback at the moment for the Dragons. Well, not anymore. He's injured. But I think 5'8's his best position. Not that he was doing bad at fullback, but I just, in, especially in this side, I think I'd I'd prefer him at five eight. And at did you have back, him at fullback originally? I did, I did, I did have him at fullback when I when I originally sent you the team. I had Gareth Wood up at full fullback and Milford in, in the half, but I've switched good, that around. Good. I thought this suited a bit better. Yeah, good in switch. And who's your halfback? Mitchell Moses. I think just any chance this kid gets, he just tries his heart out, and I can't knock him for that. So I've chucked him in there. Yeah, He's from Lebanon. Moses, um, you speak about him as a potential friend. I think we'll definitely see him line up for Lebanon at the Pacific Invitational against Fiji later this year. And I've got to say, man, good picks in your halves because I agree 100%. I've got Gareth Widdop uh, at 5'8", and I've got Mitchell Moses. Finally, we've agreed on the halves. <laughs> so we'll call that one a draw. <laughs> Who have you got? Who have you, who are your big boys? Who have you got in the front row? So the front row now, probably look. This guy's probably seen his best football, but just based on leadership and effort, I couldn't leave him out, and that's James Graham. I think every time he puts on a jersey, he's just so tough. This guy, and I couldn't leave him out. And, dragon, okay, yeah, another dragon, but <laughs> no bias there. But <laughs> I just think he picks himself. <laughs> And the other front yeah. rower I've got Tonga's Andrew Fafita. I don't think I don't think you can leave him out of the team. He's got to be in there somewhere. I agree with that. You can't go past Andrew Fafita. I've got him in my front row as well. So I agree with you there. Uh, my other front rower, also a St George front rower, but it's not James Graham. It's the Italian stallion, Paul Vaughan. We've got there's Paul a, Vaughan in the front row. Man. There's bias if ever I've seen it. Mate, the Italian Dragons player. Why would why would that be biased, mate? He's an absolute gun. Uh, look, he could be a chance for Origin, uh, possibly Australia, I guess, if a few players get injured. But look, I'm I'm going to pick Paul Vaughan there, the Italian stallion, as my front rower with Andrew Fafita. Yeah, it's a strong front mate, row. Now, this is the one where I agree, where I disagree with you the most. What's that? So the dummy dummy half. Tell tell the listeners who you got. All right. Well, I was picking this team based on Brad Fittler's approach, which is picking a team in form. So I've gone Robbie Farrar at Booker. I know it's a bit controversial Robbie. and I know he's a bit old, but I just think the way he's been playing this year, he deserves to be picked. Robbie Farrar, we'll probably see him playing for Lebanon uh, this year as well. Definitely we'll see him. I've got Josh Hodgson, man. English hooker. Yeah, that was, that was the, that's the obvious pick there. I, I could have went with that. I just thought, based on form, I'll, I'll chuck Farrar in there. <laughs> It's the obvious pick, but I didn't pick him. Hey, Farrah's had a good game or two, but jo- Josh Hodgson is incredibly consistent. I think he's probably the best hooker in the game. Uh, I really rate him very highly. And I think when it comes to the Canberra Raiders, him in the side is the difference between them making finals or not. Yeah, 100% good. 
yeah, he, he's my dummy half man over Robbie Farrow. I think I've got the edge on you on that one there. I couldn't disagree with you more, but Jakey. <laughs> but, um, who, who, have we got, who have you got in the back row, man? Let's talk uh, number 11 and 12. All right, 11 and 12. Another guy like Andrew Fafita just picks himself with Sam Burgess. He had to be in the team. 100% had to be there. Sammy boy, Sam Burgess inside. <laughs> I've got Sam Burgess as well, man. I'm not going to argue with that one. Uh, who have you got yeah. at 12? At number 12, now this is probably a controversial one because I think he could be a good chance to play for Australia. I don't know. He he never really seems to get talked about the, in, in the Australian team. So the way he's been playing, Tariq Sims has to be a chance. So it's a bit controversial, well, look, but I've thrown him in there. Being and heritage player. Uh, Tariq's actually my favourite player, man, in the, in the club at the moment. I love watching him play. His aggression. He's just an He scores some tries. That's what I mean. Hit. He's got a bit of um, everything in his game. But, man, I reckon he, he could be making his insight. So I've actually not picked him for that reason. I've got John Bateman, number 12, mate, the English player who you picked in the centres. I've got yep. him in my back row. I think he's Which had an incredible start to the season. I think so, man. He's definitely world class. Uh, you've got the two English players there in Burgess and Bateman uh, in the second row of the scrum. Uh, and, and that's who I'd be picking. That's who yep. I'd be picking in this team. Can't mate, who's, great. I think... I think we agreed with uh, with who's locking the scrum. I think if uh, anyone it's... disagrees, they need to watch more football because <laughs> Jason Tamalolo has to be first player. Yeah, yeah J- JT is definitely there. He's injured at the moment. It's a real shame for the Cowboys, but you can see what sort of a difference he makes. You look at him in round one against the Dragons, uh, and then when did he get injured round? Uh... Um, he was early round two. Yeah, uh, early makes... game round two, and they haven't looked the same since. They do not, man. So massive difference, and uh, no, no surprise that we've both picked him uh, in in our side, mate. Who have you got on the bench? Give us your four players. Okay, so the bench, you'll be happy about this first one. I've thrown Paul Vaughan in, even the though Italian I, agree with you, I think he's an Australian <laughs> chance, but I've thrown him in. Yep. Um, Tavita Pengai from Tonga, which is another controversial one because he's I don't know. I just he he's he, very he... hot and cold. I find like he's really good when he's on. But yep. the last last week, if you watched his game, he was pretty ordinary, if I'm honest. But I, yep. I think he's there. He's good enough to be there. I've yep. thrown Josh Hodgson on the bench because, obviously, we spoke about his talents before, and I think he's good to cover a few spots if, if one of the halves go down or something like that. And okay. number 17, I've thrown in the West Tigers player of Lebanese heritage, Alex Twole. I think he's, he's a great I'm, young talent. I haven't seen much of Alex, but we'll probably see him lining up for Lebanon Against feet yeah, on June twenty second as well. Yeah. Um, if you got wraps on him, must be a good player. Man, I've, I've got a question <laughs> to Vita Pangai because he's going to be playing for Australia or close to it, surely. But um, or at least he'll be playing Origin, I reckon. But honestly, um, I, I don't think he's going to make the Australian team. I think he's just too inconsistent. He's a very good player, and on his day, he's definitely up there with the best forwards in the game. But I think he's too inconsistent at the moment to be picked for Australia. I reckon you just That's put it in your side. <laughs> My bench is uh, very different. I've gone for um, size, skill, a little bit of speed at the end as well. So I've got uh, uh, Takiyaho, Tyne. Yep. So I think absolute weapon. He could come off the bench really destroy some tired players. I've got John Asiata, Samoan uh, Cowboys. Uh, very skillful. Big boy, but he's got the got the skill of a halfback. I think great person to be coming up. Got George Burgess uh, there as well. Yep. 
you know, Burgess Palace connection. I think he's a weapon as well. And uh, I've got Anthony Milford as my number 17 because I think he can play, cover the halves, he can cover the backs, uh, and yeah, he, can he cover could a be lot of positions. And in that last 20 minutes or so. So that's my side, man. Um, I think my side will be your side, to be honest with you. Man, <laughs> is there any, any notable omissions? Is there anyone that you wanted to squeeze in just didn't quite work? Look, there's one player, and I know one of our listeners, and oh, he's not even a listener. He's a co-host, Charlie. He's going to be very disappointed <laughs> that neither of us have him in the team. And is it Elliot, Elliot Whitehead? Whitehead? Yeah, I was on you. Yeah, gonna say. yeah. <laughs> Elliot was one as well. I just couldn't find room for him. Bro, you got Burgess Look, he's Bateman. He's a good player, but I think, yeah. I think since Bateman's come across, I think he's been overshadowed a little bit and he's dropped off the ball a little bit. Not that he's dropped his form, he's still playing well, but I just think Bateman's kind of overtaken him. Just guess how strong these sides can be. I also had Jaden Okanumbo from uh, the Bulldogs player from Nigerian Heritage. Uh, he did well, He did well, man. Uh, it was, he's going to be a fan favourite, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. He's Maybe got a little bit that. of um, Jamal Idris about him. I think the cousins. No, I don't think so. But they're, oh. <laughs> they're, uh, they're definitely everyone's cousins in my books, mate. Um, <laughs> so look, I think it goes to show how strong these sides are. That guys like no, Elliot Whitehead do me so. We've players from like England, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, Malta, uh, Lebanon, Italy, Samoa. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. If you looked at the NRL 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen names like this than 15 years ago. No, so I think it says a lot for what the future holds, man. Um, I think it's, cra- it's crazy that our teams are so different too. It shows how much talent is out there. Exactly. One of the teams that surprised me the most when I was going through the list, I'm surprised how talented yeah. of a side Lebanon have. Yeah. Well, you've got uh, three or four Lebanese got players in your players side. In there. Like, I mean, and you probably could have picked a couple more, probably not starters, but they're not missing out by much. I think they're going to be very talented if they can put, put a decent side together and get all these players playing. Yeah, definitely. I definitely expected the English players to feature heavily. Thought, you know, we'd have some Fijians and Tongas, but, but you know, even the, a couple of Samoans there maybe surprised me as well. So yeah. there's definitely a lot of talent from around the world here in the NRL. That's only going to get better and better and better and better. Can't wait to Let's see what happens. Let's get him some more games. Man, I think so too, man. I reckon we could uh, maybe put this on social media. I reckon we put our teams up and let our listeners, maybe I'll chuck it on let our listeners decide Definitely. who they think the better the better side is. Um, and, and I can prove to you once and for all that uh, I've picked a better team. <laughs> man, man, Jake, there might be a little Jake, bit of favouritism seems you run our socials, but I'll leave that. <laughs> I'll create a few fake accounts and vote. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> Mate, I thought as well that I don't know if we should do this, but maybe we should do a Super League version as well. I don't know if we know these announced the players as well as we do the NRL players because we watch obviously watch a lot more NRL games uh, over yeah. here. But maybe something to consider uh, in a few weeks' time when you're back on the show. Yeah, sweet. Sounds good. Jakey, thanks for coming on, man. From my, my craziness of talking to myself, uh, I'm about <laughs> to do some golden points. Got quite a few this week, so man, uh, you go back to your cup of tea or whatever you were doing, and uh, I'll go back man. to watching the footy. <laughs> oh, who's who's winning, by the way? Roosters are absolutely smashing them, twenty-two nil at half time. Fantastic, Roosters over the Broncos. I think I tipped them, so happy with that one. <laughs> back to it, man. I'm going to watch that one on replay, and um, man, I'll talk to you soon, brother. No worries, Cub. Good to speak to you.
golden point time, and there's uh, plenty to talk about this week, as per usual, but a little bit more because I've had uh, an extra two days <laughs> to gather some information. So, guys, let's get started. So, golden point starting in the NRL. So, the Sydney Morning Herald reported this week that we could see the NRL Club Nines make a shock return to the calendar next year. I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it over in Auckland. We could see it moving around. Uh, cities in Australia, if that does happen, could see it in Perth, could see it in Brisbane, could see it in, in Sydney at Parramatta, could see it in Melbourne, could see it anywhere. So I think it's going to be a great vehicle uh, to promote rugby league around Australia and uh, very exciting. So going to be good to see that back if it does happen. Uh, golden point over to Japan. So the Japanese Rugby League will launch its Junior Rugby League Academy in Tokyo from April 25, so a couple of weeks' time. So this is a first of its kind, uh, this initiative for the developing nation. It's going to see the sport introduced to primary and secondary school students, and it's going to run twice a month uh, from April 25th onwards. So really exciting considering that uh, the Japanese rugby union side uh, has been cut from the Super Rugby competition, so might be might be some opportunities there with Japan, and I haven't really spoken about them on the show before, but uh, good to see a little bit happening over there. Guys, golden point. So in Greek news, uh, the League One side Doncaster have signed Greek forward Stefanos Bastos, uh, and he wasted no time getting on the try scoring list, crossing the line in Doncaster's 46-6 demolition of the Featherstone Lions in the Coral Challenge Cup last weekend. So great to see the Greek uh, Greek forward getting a try. Uh, guys, speaking of Challenge Cup, so I had two matches that I that I mentioned in episode 17 that I was looking at closely because they featured expansion clubs. Uh, Newcastle Thunder were one, and the North Wales Crusaders were two. Mate, they both lost, so uh, not happy about that. But I've got to say, close game. For the for the Thunder, they went down to Workington Town, twenty one to twenty, and uh, the Nor- North Wales Crusaders they lost to an amateur side Thado Heath, sixteen to fourteen. A bit of an upset. Thado actually from the St Helens region. I'm told by by a few people over in the UK that they're a very r- well run and well established club, and. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they go. So beating beating a semi-pro side in the Crusaders. Um, and, you know, they're going to get a shot next week. I'm not sure who they're playing yet, but I'll, I'll look into that and we'll see. We'll let you know next week. But Thado Heath uh, could be interesting. Of course, some Super League teams will come into the next round of the Challenge Cup, uh, which is round five. So the big boys are really coming to play. So things are really getting interesting. There are no, uh, no sides outside of... Um, of the UK in there at the moment, not until Catalan appear in, in round six anyway. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the Super League clubs there, though. And speaking of Super League, Golden Point over there, a few games that I do want to mention. So Wigan, uh, they beat Catalan 42 to nil. So are they coming back into some form? Potentially. Uh, the Warrington side beat Hull FC 63 to 12. We have some footage on our Instagram page of... Um, of Blake Austin, his four tries, isn't he doing well over there, the Aussie? So 63 to 12, and this was like second versus fifth, so it's not like a top versus bottom of the table clash, so Warrington looking scary, and uh, my side, St. Helens, still undefeated, they beat Hull KR 36 to 24. Golden point over to the NRL, I'm going to mention one of my sides again, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, they beat the Broncos in the last play of the game, 25 to 24, so look, we don't talk a lot of NRL, but I just wanted to mention that one, uh, South's end the Roosters still undefeated, uh, and it looks like it could 
could continue that way for the Roosters tonight. As Jake just mentioned, it's halftime uh, live. Roosters up 22 to nil. Uh, Titans, Gold Coast Titans, they're the only team not to get on onto the into the winner's circle so far after just a couple of rounds. Guys, Golden Point and over to the Middle East Africa uh, Championship. So the fixtures were announced uh, a couple of days ago. So round one, we're going to see Morocco versus Cameroon and Nigeria versus Ghana. Then round two, the winners will face uh, for the title of Middle East Africa Champions, uh, and the losers will face for third and fourth place. Um, as I we spoke about Jaden Ockenbaugh, the Bulldogs winger who made his debut uh, last weekend for the for the doggies, and he told us via Clarkie's NRL column on Instagram that he wants to play for Nigeria uh, in this tournament. Just depends if the Bulldogs let him, so that could be interesting. And uh, not sure who we're tipping in this one. I think Nigeria is going to be strong just based on what I've seen so far, but maybe we'll give you some tips closer to the event. Uh, happening later on this year. Guys, Golden Point, Malta. And we mentioned uh, Maltese Heritage player Bronson Jerry has been called up to the Shark, uh, the Cronulla Shark side for his NRL debut. It's going to be great to see this kid. He's got a, a lot of wraps on him. He played very well in the Emerging Nations World Cup. It's going to be fantastic. And we don't talk a lot about Malta, so just really wanted to, to mention Bronson and wish him all the best. Uh, check it out on YouTube if you can, but there was a video of Coach John Morris letting him know that he was making his first great de- debut it's pretty touching it's pretty funny as well there's a there's a bit where he calls his mum to let her know that he's that he's made the side he's in tears and she says oh let let them know we're going to need about 30 tickets typical Maltese family we're going to need about 30 tickets to to watch it so good luck Bronson that's going to be fantastic guys golden point and over to Europe and uh this Saturday 6th of April Ireland or the an Irish club uh combined side will be facing Norway uh, in a match over there. So this is going to be a chance for us to see what Norway have to offer before their quali- World Cup qualifier against Greece uh, in, in a month or so um, over in London. So that's going to be interesting, and we'll let you know the results next week in our Golden Points. So Golden Point over to Lebanon. So May 19, I read about this um, yesterday, actually. So there's going to be an origin match in Lebanon on May 19. So it's the best of Beirut versus the northern coast. I'm going to try and get a little bit more information here. Not too sure what it's all about, um, but interesting. So we don't talk about Lebanon very much either. So I, I do want to be talking a little bit more about uh, about them. I have reached out to the guys at the Lebanese Rugby League uh, to see if they can give us some info in the future. They've obliged. They're happy to play ball. So we'll be giving you more Lebanese uh, information uh, sooner rather than later. Guys, golden point over to the USARL. So a few weeks ago, we mentioned that a club from the USARL Northern Conference would not be taking part in this year's competition. We can confirm now that fixtures are up uh, on their website that that team has been revealed to be the New York City Knights. Uh, Really disappointing. I guess what happened is um, the side basically aged out, which sounds like a, a weird thing if you're if you're a rugby league fan in, in Australia, New Zealand, or the UK, but basically um, the the players, too old, didn't want to play anymore and uh, couldn't field a side, so New York Knights not there. It's actually what happened to Jake's old side, the Washington DC Slayers, so this thing happens every now and then. Uh, obviously, there's no juniors or anything like that for these clubs, um, so look, hopefully these sort of things get fixed in future, uh, but yeah, New York City Knights, it's going to be a shame because uh, they're, they're a good club. And uh, hopefully maybe we see them come back or maybe revived later on. Uh, 
Sky's Golden Point over to Serbia. So Red Star Belgrade have announced an exciting deal with uh, English amateur club, the Sheffield Forgers. So this could see opportunities for players to be exchanged on both sides in future. For Red Star, it's going to be it's going to mean that their players could experience some matches against some more experienced sides. Uh, for Sheffield players, it's going to be a chance for them to experience a totally different rugby league culture. So Red Star, they've got their connection with the South Sydney Rabbitohs with their with their development uh, side of things. They've got now this connection in England. Uh, with Sheffield, and it's going to be good. I think this is going to be a good step up for them. They're going to have a chance to to get some experience at that sort of amateur, sort of fourth tier uh, UK setup level. I think that's where they're looking to go in the future as they start working their way up to maybe Super League one day. So, mate, slow and steady wins the race. But Red Star Belgrade, very excited to hear anything that comes out of the, out of the Balkan region in particular. Guys, Golden Point back to the NRL. It was April Fool's Day, uh, couple, obviously, a few days ago, April 1st. And there's always some interesting stories that come out on, on the morning of April Fool's uh, that's NRL-related all over the internet. One, one, and obviously they're all bullshit stories, but one that was interesting was uh, Canberra Raiders to take six home games to the UK. Obviously a big joke, but got me thinking, wouldn't mind seeing them take a game to the UK. They've obviously got the the Beatles, the four the four British players uh, in their side. And, mate, it wouldn't be bad, I don't think, financially to get them over there for a match, even for a trial. They'd definitely sell plenty of jerseys. They'd sell out, you know, the stadium at Wigan, for example. And I think it could be interesting, something to look at for, for the Canberra Raiders in the future. Guys, Golden Point over to Papua New Guinea. Uh, and the Leeds Rhinos have signed Papua New Guinean international Wellington Albert on a trial basis. So this contract goes for a month. He'll be earning to looking to earn a Super League contract after that. He played for the Witness Vikings in 2018. After their, the, the little fiasco that happened with them this year, he had to be let go due to financial reasons. But he's trying to work his way back into the Super League, which I think is fantastic. Really want to see more Papua New Guineans in the Super League and NRL. Uh, as time goes on. Guys, Golden Point, uh, and we talk about the Fiji Vodafone Cup every week, it seems. Uh, well, the two undefeated sides, uh, who are the Nadira Panthers and the West Fiji Dolphins, they played last weekend, and they're both still undefeated. 12 all, it was a draw. So um, Fiji Dolphins, Nadira Panthers, top of the table over there in Fiji. Uh, and we'll let you know when one of them loses, because uh, both doing very well, probably a grand final little bit of a grand final preview there, 12 all between those sides. Guys, Golden Point, back over to the UK. So newlyweds Ben and Roxy Murdoch-Masilla will be will make history this weekend as they become the first married couple to play for the same club on the same weekend. So they'll both be lining up for Warrington Wolves, uh, obviously the, the men's and women's equivalents. Uh, the women's side is in the championship and uh, the Super League side, the men's side, obviously doing very well. So that's a cool story, very similar to Zach Lomax for the Dragons and his girlfriend, who plays for um, the women's dragon side. Her name eludes me at the moment, but I'll try, I'll, I'll try and get that and let you guys know next week. Guys, Golden Point. So speaking of the women's game, uh, this one's for New Zealand and Samoa. So another women's international match was announced uh, during the week. Fetu Samoa will be facing the Kiwi Ferns on that June 22 weekend. It's going to be part of a double header with the Kiwi, uh, the New Zealand Kiwis and the Mate Maya Tonga side. Uh, so part of that Oceania Cup A. Uh, that's going to be a good week. Good, great weekend of footy as we've already established, and that's going to be two fantastic games over there in Auckland. 
Guys, Golden Point and uh, Balkan Super League Round 1 is going to kick off this weekend. So we're going to see in the second division on Saturday, Radniki Novi from Belgrade facing Red Kangaroo, which is Red Star Belgrade's second division side. And then on Sunday, uh, over in uh, Bulgaria, we're going to see Lokomotiv Sofia versus Radniki Nis but, uh, from Serbia. Then we're going to see Serbian side Dorkul face the Aris Eagles from Greece. So two fantastic matches, bit of a double header. They're going to be live streamed on the Balkan Super League Facebook page. So if you like, check that out, like them now and uh, set yourself up to watch that one. We're going to have uh, Stuart McLennan, uh, the Aris Eagles coach, uh, on the show next week. He'll be co-hosting with me. We'll have our normal three topics of discussion and one of those will be this opening round of the Balkan Super League. It's going to be great to have someone who was there, who witnessed it, uh, letting us know all of that information. So that's going to be pretty cool. Looking forward to that one with Stuart. And guys, Golden Point, I think this is the last one. Yes, it is. So in Papua New Guinea, so the 2019 Digicel Cup season, so the domestic comp over there kicks off this weekend. 12 teams. It's kind of a little bit like the French uh, Elite One for me. Like, we know that it's happening. We know there's lots of action. We know there's lots of excitement, but I don't hear a lot about it. So I'm going to try and dig deep on that one and see if we can give you some information throughout the season as well. But guys, that's my golden points for this week. A few extra than usual because of the few extra days, but I hope you liked it. Well, there we have it. Episode 18, Better Late Than Never. Uh, I've got to say a big thank you to Mascord Browns, uh, our affiliate sponsors. We'll chuck the affiliate link uh, in our show notes um, so that you can purchase from there. A couple of dollars comes our way. A couple of dollars goes to the nations involved as well. And the Cook Islands merch is available now, so that's pretty new. So check that out if you're interested. Cook Islands merch, Mascord Browns with a Z.com. Um, guys, we've had a couple of mentions uh, around the world this week. So Gavin Willisy wrote an article in the Guardian Sport in the UK uh, and in that article, we shared it on our Facebook page, but in that article, he gave us some big raps for our Italian Rugby League episode with Arazzi Odaro, episode 16. If you haven't listened to that already, make sure you do. It's one of my favorites. So much gold there. So good to get good to get a little bit of a mention over there in the UK. Uh, also, uh, the boys from the Howland Hour, uh, uh, Rob and Gareth, they gave us a little bit of, uh, you will recall a few weeks ago, they gave us a little bit of insight into the game over there in Canada, uh, and they, they wrapped up that Toronto Wolfpack versus Toulouse uh, championship match for us. Well, we've we've repaid the favour, and Charlie and I actually recorded a little segment for them uh, for episode 11, which came out this morning, uh, Australian time. We recorded an episode for them. Uh, a little bit of fun, actually, just helping some Canadian rugby league fans select a team that they would like to support in the NRL. So a little bit of fun if you want to hear something kind of different from us, Howl and Hour, episode 11. Check those guys out. Uh, the links are all over our social media as well. So check that out. Guys, um, if you are enjoying the show, please don't forget to tell your friends. Hashtag Grow the Game. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Please check us out. Please like, share, uh, all those good things. Our theme music, it was written and recorded by Ricky Cancino and Ash Barco. And as I mentioned, next week, I'll actually be recording two episodes back-to-back next week, but I'll release them a week apart. So there's going to be Stuart McLennan who will be joining me next week. And then I've, I've lined up Graham Oliphant, 
who is the promoter, the London Nines promoter. He's very keen to come on and give us some breaking news about the London Nines, so very keen to have him on. So that'll be uh, episodes 19 and 20. After that, hopefully I'll get uh, Charlie and Jake back on. Hopefully we can get the three of us together for episode 21. Let's see how we go. But guys, until next week, fuck you, Nagati.